Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online, and we were discussing the fact that I am 43, and she said, I cannot believe how young you look, and I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There were a lot of tears in the pantsuit politics world this week. Talking to Rebecca Traster made us so happy we cried. Our listeners wrote to us with heartwarming stories that made us cry. And with all this crying, we're sure Joe Scarborough would encourage us to smile. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to another episode. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on our fantastic interview with Rebecca on, well, when, Tuesday. It came out on Wednesday. We also wanted to thank everybody. I, I This is all my fault, but we've had all these amazing listeners subscribing to be supporters and to give monthly to Pantsuit Politics, and I somehow thought these were um, just alerts from our, oh, now I can't even remember the name of the program. The Slack. Slack. Thank you. From Slack and totally missed it. So all these amazing, amazing people have been giving, have been subscribing. Um, Sydney in particular gets a huge, huge shout out um, to, for being a monthly subscriber. But we'll list everybody um, in another episode. And we'll be gathering T-shirts and you get all kinds of cool bonuses for subscribing. So huge, huge, huge thank you to those supporters who we somehow missed for several weeks. 
Well, and thank you so much to the many people who have written to us over the past week. I mean, it's been another week where it's been hard to keep up with everyone, especially because I feel like this week in particular, we've just been sort of overwhelmed with like really like meaty, substantive information. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So the first Friday feedback we want to address is this amazing email we got from Hassan, who I asked permission to read um, his email on the episode. It starts, I'm a 31-year-old married father of one living in Los Angeles. In short, my family and I are living out the all-American immigrant story in the 21st century. I'm a political junkie, came across your podcast a few weeks ago, and absolutely love it. I love the nuance despite being a fairly liberal Democrat. However, as an American Muslim, I'm genuinely concerned, and I know a lot of people are in the American Muslim community, are generally genuinely petrified out with the hateful tone of the Republican Party personified by Donald Trump. It's also depressing to hear candidates repeatedly say something like the following in response to Trump. You can't say that about Muslims because we need their support for our wars or surveillance at home, etc. Is that the only reason why politicians shouldn't behave? toward fellow Americans? How about the fact that we too deserve the same decency and respect as anybody else? Why is the group as a whole being asked to pay for the sins of a hateful and tiny minority? How is it that a significant chunk of the voters egged by the, on by the politicians of one of the two major parties in America? I believe in the American dream. This is my home. My parents made the choice to leave behind their homeland and to immigrate to America. My son was born here, and America is the only home he knows. I truly believe Barack Obama when he said, In no other country on earth is my story even possible. In America, anything is possible, and we as immigrants absolutely cherish that possibility. This hateful tone and repulsive language has to stop. I really believe the media has to stop treating Donald Trump and this hateful ideology on equal pairing with regular news. Wishing you ladies the best. Sincerely, Hassan. And it is a small miracle I got through that without crying. I got Good job. Right you made it. At the very end. I just thought it was so beautiful, and it really, really just it got me right here. I thought just it was so genuine and so sincere. And as angry as I am about the hateful t- the rhetoric coming from Donald Trump and some of his supporters, like, you know, it's not – it doesn't hit me quite as close to home – as it does Hassan. And so him just reaching out and sharing that I thought was so powerful. And also I thought the point about how like sort of empty it is to say, well, you shouldn't talk like that about Muslims because we don't want to alienate them because we need them to keep us safe. Like that's a really good point that I've never really thought of. And I thought that was really insightful. So thank you so, so much Hassan for sharing that with us. I agree. And I, it, it's so troubling to me that um, Donald Trump is seen as personifying this piece of the Republican Party because I think that – and maybe I'm being hopelessly naive or just wishfully thinking that that's not true. I mean, I don't know what part of being a Republican is attached to these sentiments that characterize – whole groups of people as the other, you know, Mm -hmm. um, from, from my perspective, I love hearing stories like Hassan's, like Mm -hmm. I've been so privileged to meet a number of people who have similar stories and who've shared them so freely. I've been so privileged to work with a number of people who immigrated to this country. And I can tell you that there are no harder workers or more thoughtful people or people who appreciate every opportunity and make the most of it. And, I I fully agree and and I sort of just want to apologize on behalf of the party you know because 
this is not who we are. And, and my belief in conservative principles is all about creating that very opportunity, you know, that makes these kinds of stories possible. So I am sorry that so many people are feeling as though they're being treated as others. And I hope that um, at least here you can hear a voice that maybe has different policy perspectives than yours, but you know, truly believes in all of us as Americans and more than that, all of us as humans, you know, mm-hmm. just brothers and sisters who are all in this together doing the best that we can. So I, it was very, this was a very impactful email to me too. So speaking of the tone of the race, we got another really great um, email from Crystal who basically said, help, I'm so empathetic, <laughs> apathetic, apathetic. Help, I, you know, I can't get invested. What's the matter with me? And we sort of had this really great back and forth with her. And I told her I was going to read this line because I thought it was so true. She said, I'm realizing something. It's simply the tone of the election that's got me exhausted rather than the candidates themselves. And it's, for me, that is so true. Now, Donald Trump leaves me exhausted. Let's just be abundantly clear about that. But I think that the just the exhausting you know, never ending primary is taking its toll on me. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that other than, uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, it's just, You're it's not alone, bad. Crystal. This is what we're saying. It's been bad. And, and I struggle because I want more information always, but I feel like we're not getting information at this point. I feel like we're getting an endless. So I love, here's an example. I love Big Brother. It's like one of my favorite guilty pleasures on earth. When I have tried to go full on Big Brother and watch the live feed of the people in the house when it's not like being edited for the show, I've realized what a very bad idea that that is. (laughs) And I feel like the coverage of this race has turned into the Big brother 24 hour feed where there are points where you're like trying to make a story out of it. And it's just like people sitting and staring at the pool. Yeah. You know, but, but in a really ugly way that makes you not very proud of our electoral process. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you, Crystal. Well, and I just think that the media knows that. And I really am not a blame the media kind of person. It's just not my shtick. It's not, I'm not a fan of it. Um, But at this point it's just like, They know there's not, I feel like there's, they kind of got addicted to the, the constant feed of content coming from it, the primary, especially on the Republican side when there were 20 hundred candidates. Several people have said to me, like, what are y'all going to talk about on your podcast when this election's over? I'm like, dude, we can't wait for this election to be over (laughs) because there's so much to talk about. There's so many meaningful issues and meaningful stories, but you also feel like you sort of can't deviate from this big obvious thing that's going on and so i i think the media might be stuck there a little bit too yeah because you know here's what i feel like i felt like i saw somebody post this the other day and i think it's so true which is the um how did we get donald trump think piece like there's 25 of those because all we're doing right now is just banging our heads up against a wall that is donald trump like nothing changes nothing matters apparently so until we he's I guess going to be the nominee. I don't know. I don't I Stop should, that. I can't I'm sorry. do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, some, they were talking about the math on NPR the other day and I'm like, Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So, but you know, I, I, even if he's not, I mean, we just have these sort of waiting periods in between, 
each state's primaries or a grouping of state primaries. And so it's just, oh, well, let's all go back to the Donald Trump think piece so we can talk this out some more. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I just want him to go away. I know. I don't think that's going to happen. So long story short, Crystal, you're not alone. No, you are not even close to alone, Crystal. Yeah. It's so true. We will and get through this together. We will. We are in this together. We are in this together. And we said that the other day. I told Beth, I said, the beauty of the pantsuit politics community is all that's keeping me, like, I would totally be shut off right now. I'd, like, wouldn't be watching debates. I wouldn't be participating. I'd be like, okay, Hillary's going to be the nominee. That's all I care about. Not going to pay attention anymore. But you people dragging me back to the nuance. Ugh. Well, what's depressing about all this is that the people who listen to this podcast care enough about politics to listen to a podcast about it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we still get numerous messages saying, I just don't even know if I can vote. Like if the people who care enough about politics to listen to a podcast about politics are feeling disenfranchised, we have a major, major problem. And the drum that we keep beating in our responses to those messages is, no, you got to vote. Like even if you hate all your top of the ticket options, the down ballot matters tremendously Please don't stay home. Yeah. And I was just telling somebody the other day that that's, I think, my new favorite thing about Samantha Bee and her show is I feel like she she went after our beloved <laughs> governor, Matt Bevin, and just took him down. It was sort of amazing. And she, again, sort of hit that point of like, you know how he got there? Nobody came out on an off-year election. Like, nobody voted. That's how you get people like this. So vote. Vote, vote, vote. Vote like your life depends on it. Because it might. So, I mean, I think that's the thing is, you know, the the presidential election sucks up all the oxygen in the room. But really, there's so many other things that we should that we should be voting for people we should be voting for or against or whatever. Well, also run, 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 because mm-hmm. the thing with Governor Bevan is like our other option, as we discussed very early on in this podcast, mm-hmm. was not a great one either. Mm-hmm. And. And we've got that situation happening a lot in our state and in in many ways in our country, despite the fact that it seems like every year more and more people are running for president. It's like feels like we have fewer and fewer options. You know, I've said a number of times on this show, I can't fathom ever running for office. I'm getting to a point where I feel like. I don't know if I can sleep if I don't oh, at some yay. point in my life. We're wearing you, know? you down. You're Woo-hoo! wearing me down because I listened to John Kasich's speech, particularly on Tuesday night, and he talked about being in the arena and about, you know, never doubting your ability to change your government. And I just sat there thinking, like, if people this resonates with continue not to run because so many aspects of it sound truly awful where are we going to be? And if people like me keep thinking, well, the Republican party itself would eat me alive, then that's going to continue to be true. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, Well, and I thought what Rebecca said about, you know, that so many women who run despite the uphill battle and the sexism see it as service. It really hit home with me. I totally agree. That really, really struck me. The idea that this isn't about just, you know, this isn't just about you. And we've lost that in Mm -hmm. the way these elections are covered and the way the candidates themselves approach these elections, these whole notions of sort of waiting your turn and and all of that. Like we've lost just the sense of get in and roll up your sleeves and do it. We've talked about her before, but I listened to an interview in the car today with Susan Collins and you could just hear in her voice how seriously she takes her duty and and 
the the servant leadership that she exercises. You know, it it was really that was really moving to me as well. I mean, I don't know, Beth. I'm reading a lot of think pieces about Donald Trump and servant leadership. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a new one every day. <sighs> We've got to start recording these earlier because honestly, like right now, I'm I'm so tired that I can't even with a lot of this. You know, it's so true. Well, speaking of servant leader and tough women that run for office, Aaron sent us the most lovely email, you know, saying he was appalled that Donald Trump implied that women weren't tough. And he's a nurse and he recounted all these situations in which he said women are tough. I would not be tough in these medical emergencies, but more power to the women that are. And it was just very, it was very kind. And Aaron is the OG as well. Like, Mm -hmm. he's been a huge member of our community since very early on. So it was awesome to hear from him in a more prolonged form than we usually do. And we also need to, speaking of one of the OGs, we also need to um, give a shout out to Bryn who has asked us respectfully to stop using the term Bernie bros. What are your thoughts on that, Beth? I, we can do that. Like, I mean, you might, I, have to, <laughs> you might have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. No, I'm just kidding, Brent. It's just, you know, it's just such an easy shorthand. I know it's not nuanced. I thought I thought Rebecca was very nuanced about it on the interview, though, on Tuesday. You where can she was tell like, that, like, Rebecca has been through it over yeah, that term. Yeah, she's like, I think she's definitely ready to retire Bernie Bros. No, here's what I'm going to do, Sarah. I'm going to get, have you played Taboo before? No, not the buzzer. I don't want the buzzer. I'm going to get the Taboo buzzer, and whenever, whenever I hear you start to even think Bernie Bros, I'm just going to slam the Taboo buzzer. Yeah, I, he, I do. I need another short term for, I mean, I, I could just talk about mansplaining because that's really what it is. Except for both of our husbands hate that word. They'll probably just edit it out anyway. It's just, it's just misogyny, right? Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about. He's and, right, and though. And Bryn's right. That's Bernie everywhere. Bro, yeah, it links it to Bernie. Although, again, I maintain, well, I don't think Bernie Bro is a raging misogynist, or Bernie Bro. I don't think Bernie Sanders is a raging misogynist. I do think he can be a little tone deaf on gender issues. But that's not really what I'm talking I mean, when you say, when I think Bernie Bro has come to mean so much more than just somebody who's, you know, cross-talks a little bit and is a little insensitive to the issue. Like, it's way bigger than that. So, yeah, well, it's probably just plain old misogyny. You're well, of the well, mill. We hear you, Bren, day. and and Bren is not even in the neighborhood of what Sarah means with that terms. So. No, no, yeah. he is he is unbelievably amazing and thoughtful and wonderful, and we love him. Yes. So that wraps it up for Friday feedback and all the awesome listener input we get. Keep it coming, you guys. I mean, you come up with great episode ideas. You keep us on our toes. You keep us nuanced. We could, we could not love you more. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special. And they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. 
and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So next we're going to talk about two developments that happened this week to send you into the weekend. First, we have a Supreme Court nominee. And then second, we're going to chat about some not-so-nuanced comments about Hillary Clinton after her Tuesday night uh, clean sweep. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not psyched about Merrick Garland, can I just be honest? (laughs) <laughs> well, that makes sense to me because I think he's an inspired choice. Uh, I mean, I wanted the other guy. Shree, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he was the other circuit court judge, the one that like went through you know, um, unanimously. And um, he would have been like the first Asian justice. I don't know. I just really dug that guy. I didn't want another white guy. That sounds bad, but it doesn't sound very nuanced, but that's just how I feel. What I think is inspired about this choice is that... It, I mean, this is clearly a let's pick someone Republicans have said nice things about mm-hmm. and see them try to hold him up. And, mm-hmm. you know, Orrin Hatch has been like extremely contra- complimentary and like basically suggested him as as an Obama appointment. <laughs> you know, it's it's just hard to understand why someone who is so I mean, I would venture to say and I don't know everything about him, certainly haven't read many of his opinions, but I would venture to say that that just that Judge Garland could be in the crazy moderate party in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. he seems to be very fair, um, middle of the road, very accomplished judge. And so it, it I think it's, you know, smart of the Obama administration to say, hey, you guys wanted a consensus pick. Here you go. 
Well, and you know what I keep thinking about? As I heard this in one of the earlier discussions, and I guess just in my brain because this is sort of, although I guess, you know, the last few nominees haven't been very contentious, but, you know, advice and consent doesn't mean, you know, the, I feel like the way Mitch McConnell and the Republic, certain members of the Republican leadership are talking about this, it's like, well, we get to basically say this person, is, I mean, it, it I just feel like they're making their the Senate's role in this process and this constitutional process a little bigger than it actually is. I agree with that. And I think Democrats have done that at different points, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah, it's just like you, you just kind of lose sight of like this is the president's job. Advice and consent just means that it means advice and consent. Like, well, we want I mean, you to, we want you to sign off, but it's not like you're picking him. Or yes. Yes. That's right. I mean, advice, consent to me, like just the use, just the use of the word consent feels to me like, um, yes, your job is to stamp this, but not to debate it and not to come up with your own idea. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to like like it. You you sort of get a hard veto, but that's it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you're you're using it inappropriately right now, just in case there was any debate. Well, they're not even getting to the point of using it, yeah, right? Exactly. They're like not. They're like, oh, I'm not even going to engage. There, I mean, there are people who won't even sit down and meet this guy. Oh. I just think that's despicable. I mean, here's my thought to my Republican friends. You know, if you want more control over things like the Supreme Court, then win elections, then mm-hmm. have better ideas and communicate them well and show that you're better at governing. Because on my, like, by my count, every opportunity you've had for that, you've blown. Yeah. You know? So so you can't sit back and be upset that in the last year of his term, something, some significant decision has to be made by President Obama. Like, you lost two elections to President Obama. I'm sorry. I voted for the, for the Republican option. The Republican option did not win either one of those elections. So this is President Obama's job, and now you should do yours. And I kind of think that doing your job more might make more people inclined to vote for you down the road. I mean, it's so true. I don't understand. I really don't understand the thought process. I don't understand the thought. I I think it's sort of what we talked about during the Crazy Moderate episode. I I must hold so tightly to every little smidgen I have left that I cannot see that I'm losing it all. Like if your if your idea is to just keep playing to the hard right wing of your party, you're just going to keep losing. That's Do you right. not get that? Do you not see that? Do you not even see that? Are you not even smart enough to see that Democrats don't do that? Like Democrats don't win by going like telling the you know code pink to do what they want. Like I mean that's just Barack Obama won and Clinton won because they moved to the center. Like I just don't get it. I don't either. I mean, I feel like they play and and it's a game to them, right? But I feel like especially the Republican leadership right now plays like it's survivor, you know? Yeah. And like, well, we're just going to stick to our alliance. It doesn't feel like we don't like these people at this point. You know, nobody nobody's really emerging as someone who deserves to win this game, but we're going to stick to the numbers. And that's just not how this works overall. And I, you know, we just keep the party keeps reaping what it has sown. And I'm sitting here saying this is someone who desperately wants to be excited about Republicans. And this is why I love Paul Ryan, because I feel like he is trying to do those things. Here are some policies. I'm trying to govern. I'm trying to do what the people have sent me here to do. And I just 
I wish we could get more momentum like that. So I meant to tell you about this phone call, and I think this is a good transition into the Tuesday results and of um, Trump and Hillary both doing really well. Um, this guy called into the Diane Reem show and said, basically, I live in Florida and I voted for Donald Trump because even though I think he's despicable, I want to see the Republican Party split. I'm a Republican. I'm a traditional Republican. I want conservative financial decisions like or fiscal decisions. I don't give a basically I don't give a crap about social issues I hate that the tea party is being pandered to and so I voted for like he it was like his nuclear option like I voted for Donald Trump so that he will blow this up and I can have and at least we'll split off and I can have the party that I want basically yeah my fear is that I still won't get the party that I want yeah because I think what splits off is the more social conservative movement and then what I'm left with the Trump side of things, that doesn't make sense. Because Trump yeah, doesn't represent any he's of not my those, principles. That's, well, I mean, he's sort of like, yeah, that's true, though. It's like social conservatives split off. I mean, he doesn't really represent those. He, re- I feel like he does represent sort of the Tea Party aspects of it. Oh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't He know. represents the angry aspects of it. It's mm-hmm. all emotion, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's like, hey... I'm really with Trump on his policies. I like not one person. There's I just, no po- there's no there's no policies. Right. We all agree, right? There's just no policies. Well, despite that, you're right. That's a good segue. Um forty six percent of primary voters in Florida voted for him. Um thirty nine percent in Illinois, forty percent in North Carolina, forty one percent in Missouri. He won those four state four states. Governor Kasich pulled out the sixty six delegates in Ohio. Which makes it somewhat more likely that we could go to a contested convention in Cleveland. Although I think there's one nuance, if you will, uh, to a contested convention that's not really being discussed much right now. So in 2012, to sideline Ron Paul, the party got very cute and came up with a new rule right before the convention that you have to win a majority of delegates in eight states to be on the ballot at the convention. So right now, the only person who could be on the ballot in Cleveland is Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. Unless they change the rules again right before the convention. I'm sure they will. Raise your hand if you think that's a good idea. I mean, like, there are big problems here. But anyway, that's what happened on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, it was a very decisive evening for Hillary Clinton. It was. My girl had a good night. She had a real good night. She was over 50% in every contest. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Bernie Sanders will hold out for California, maybe in some bigger votes. But I just, because, again, we've talked about this before, because they're not winner-take-all states because it's proportional. <clears throat> I just don't see him. It's just, what's to me, what is most fascinating, ironic uh, about this whole thing is this is pretty much the situation she was in last time. Is that Barack Obama... I mean, she's using his strategy, which is, I'm going to get delegates. I don't care about what states win or how many states I win or when I win. I want delegates. It's about the delegate math, not the, you know, the victories of the quote-unquote momentum, which I think, I feel like this primary cycle on both sides has killed the idea of momentum. This idea that you gain momentum and you just keep steamrolling people. I just don't really, it sure hasn't held up this time. But, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, the math is incredibly difficult for Bernie Sanders at this point. It is. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, the most frustrating part of Tuesday night for me came 
when I felt strangely defensive of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she gave a, a forceful speech that, you know, indicated in some ways her sort of pivot to the general election. I think all of her sort of love and kindness rhetoric is, you know, calculated to be the anti-Trump and that's fine. Um, she was losing her voice and I mean, she, she's working hard. They all are, you know, so we should give them all a little grace. But uh, Joe Scarborough tweeted out that she needed to smile. And it was one of, like, tons of journalists and pundits saying, like, you know, what's with the shrill nature? Of- yeah, it was Katie- sort of like roll out every misogynistic term you've got. Katie sent us a really great Vox article. And it was – they listed everything. So it was Fox News, Howard Kurtz, Hillary shouting her speech. She has the floor. More conversational tone might be better for connecting with folks at home. Hillary had a bit, this is Brit Hume, Hillary having a big night in the primary, so she's shouting angrily in her victory speech. Supporters loving it. What's she mad at? Joe Scarborough, smile, you just had a big night. Well, and And then Joel Klein had his Time Magazine piece saying that she needs to be less like a politician in order to win. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. So I was talking to Chad about this, my husband, and um, and I said, I don't know if men understand why smile particularly um, unhinges us. Not all of us, you know, I'm not going to try to speak for all women, but for, for those out there like rolling their eyes and thinking this is an overreaction, I, I work in downtown Cincinnati and have many times had the experience of walking down the street and having a man start to yell things at me, right? And usually they're things that he thinks are flattering things and I think are intimidating and scary. And so I try to not make eye contact and just keep going and get out of the situation as fast as I can. And inevitably doing that prompts him to tell me that I, that I ought to at least smile because he's being nice. And so I go from feeling intimidated and threatened to feeling demeaned and then feeling crazy, right? Like questioning myself. And it's just when that happens over and over and over again, it's just really hard to hear comments about smiling for me. And I think a lot of women have similar experiences. Yeah, I always tell the story. I got, when I lived in Washington, D.C., street harassment was just part of the deal. Just part of the deal. And I was walking out of yoga class one time, and a um, gentleman, I was a nice term for him, gentleman was commenting on my body. And I usually would ignore people, but I was on the phone with my husband. And so just being on the phone distracted me just enough. And I think, I don't know what happened, but I turned around and was like, keep it to yourself. And it was like a light switch. When I mean, like his face went from like smiling at me to just, and he became so angry and so threatening immediately. How dare you, you stupid. How dare you tell me to keep it to myself. I'll say blah, 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 on and on and on and on. Just like, I mean, it was like a light switch. And I read this really great, um, article that we'll link to called, I won't let my five-year-old daughter grow up stepping aside for sexism like I did. And she actually talks about how her daughter, like, um, does this really great kick at karate and breaks the board. And when she does it, the karate teacher says smile. And when all the little boys do it, he says like, great job. You're so strong, blah, 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 blah. And she says like, you need to either tell everybody they have a nice smile or tell nobody they have a nice smile. And so it's just that, and she called, she describes it as micro bullshit, which I thought was so perfect. Like it's just little things that remind you that your value is based on how you look and how you make men feel. And that's what's important about you and just little teeny tiny things that if at, you feel like you're being gaslit because if you say something, people are like, I'm not being sexist. And so then you're like, oh, I'm being crazy, but you're not being crazy because even if they're not consciously thinking, I'm going to put this woman in her place, which I don't believe many men are, 
That's what they're doing subconsciously, and that's how they're making us feel. And it's just it's the micro bullshit, and the and Hillary's level of micro bullshit at this point is so past micro, it's not even funny. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if she knows about these tweets. I don't know if she cares, but it's just like she cannot win. She cannot win. She cannot win. Well, I mean, I hope she can win the election. She's winning these elections, but I mean this 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 endless battle of. Smile, be this, but don't be too much this, but be this, but not too much. That kind of crap. I mean, my sense of Hillary Clinton is that she's over it and she does have the tough skin that she talks about having. But I think the danger in these comments is that it dissuades other women from putting themselves through this. Yeah, definitely. And there's actually, we should put this in the show notes too. There was this amazing, um, um, I think it was on... Um, medium about smiling and why I don't smile and please don't tell me to smile. And, you know, it was, the woman did a brilliant job of describing why that's, it doesn't seem offensive, but it is. Well, before we go, I think that's a good segue to, I thought we might take a second to just like process the interview with Rebecca Traster, who Mm. I know is your favorite. So did anything like really stick with you from that conversation that you want to talk more about? I wish we'd had more time to talk about Hillary. I feel like we got, I mean, the best, the most thing I keep thinking about is I wish I'd had like three, three additional hours. Maybe that would have been enough. Probably not. Um, I thought that she, um, I I felt really happy with how much we got through, like what her book is really about. The book is so brilliant. We can't recommend it highly enough. And so I I was happy with that. I wish I, uh, there was some specific instances in the book or like, sort of insight she had that I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, but overall I was happy with that. I just wish we had more time to talk about Hillary and the way she's treated. Although that, that, um, little story she told about being passed a note, the host being passed a note and reminded to question her. I keep thinking about that too. So I have mostly been considering, I mean, obviously like from a policy perspective, I'm in a different place. Um, but it's still really interesting to hear her think through these things. I mean, she's obviously brilliant. Yeah. That, the whole thing about the, when we asked her about the private solution and she said like companies, it sounds really great that like Facebook and these companies would put, you know, give three months leave, but really that just, all that does is accrue privilege to the top percent. And I thought that was really interesting. I never thought about it like that. I thought that was really interesting too. I can't decide if I think that's true or not because I mean, I think it's true in the short term, but but does that not have long term implications mm. for other industries? You know, that's that's what I'm not sure about. I mean, the biggest thing for me, and this is like a whole other show, but the the biggest thing for me that can makes me so conflicted on all of those topics is that I think when we don't have people genuinely motivated people in positions of power and privilege genuinely motivated to make these changes and instead we're requiring them to make these changes. I think that um, the people helped by the changes are harmed in so many other ways because of the resentment and backlash that it fuels. And I know that the answer to that for most people would be do it anyway. You make progress over time and it's still a little bit better. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not there, but, but anyway, the most interesting thing to me about talking with her, especially around her new book is just how conflicted I feel as a person who 
is married, got married relatively young. Although I have to admit, like I said it wrong. <laughs> I did not get married at 24. I got married at 26, as my husband pointed out to me when he was editing the podcast. <laughs> so um, I wasn't quite as young as I said I was, but I feel... I just feel conflicted about this and it brings up like all of feminism, right? It's hard to view any of these things through an objective lens because your personal experience is always so prevalent. I would definitely, I know you only got through um, Big Girls Don't Cry, but I mean, it was really an important mental exercise as someone who got married to 21 to read this book and really sort of check these voices, like these stories I tell myself to make myself feel better about the fact that I got 21. Do I regret getting married at 21? No, I don't. But I do think that I have a narrative in my head to make myself feel better about opportunities I missed because I got married so young. And, you know, that's not to say I shouldn't have, but I think there's no harm and there's a real self-awareness to be gained by saying, but I did miss things. I did miss things because I got married so young and my life is very different. And my career is very different than if I um, had waited. And so, I, I, again, I told I, what I said to her is I still believe, which is I think that everyone benefits when a woman's value is detached from marriage and motherhood. I don't think that that means marriage and motherhood lose their value. I really don't. Um, I just think it's important that individuals be allowed you know, like she said, like there's all these other paths to adulthood and to, and to, you know, self-awareness and feeling valuable in your life. And so I think these, you know, we've been using these sort of as shortcuts and I think they've done more harm than good. Well, it is interesting to think about too, the fact that you, you grow up believing that marriage is a pathway to opportunity Mm -hmm. and to understand that that is only true for men and not for women. That's a big deal. And, you know, so Chad says to me, are you feeling like ripped off? (laughs) And I said, (laughs) well, not by you, Yeah, (laughs) you know, but yeah, I guess in some senses, I mean, I, and you know, so can we have that conversation without taking anything away from the relationship? Of course we can, but it's, it's an uncomfortable thing for everybody. And, and, you know, so I appreciate people like Rebecca Tracer out there doing work that makes us all uncomfortable because that's certainly where the learning is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode and for giving us so much good stuff to talk about on Fridays. We really appreciate the community that uh, continues to expand on Twitter and Facebook, and we hope that you'll join us there. We're at Pantsuit Politic on Twitter, Pantsuit Politics on Facebook. We also appreciate your iTunes ratings and reviews. Check out our website, PantsuitPoliticsShow.com. And until Tuesday's episode, keep it nuanced, y'all. 